Hi, I'm Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. I'm a blurred with a love for artwork and comics and animation. And I'm a writer and blurred with a love for pretty much the same things. We grew up together and spent much of our formative years watching and talking about DC superhero shows and content. In fact, we still do. Every episode, we will discuss a DC production, compare it to its original source material, and share our thoughts on the adaptation. We've enjoyed our conversations these past couple of decades, and we think you will too. This month, we're checking out New Earths as we hop across the DC-verse on... Yet another DC animated podcast. Welcome to yet another episode of yet another DC animated podcast. My name is Shamar Griffith, codename Comic Shams. And I'm Andrew Tejada, codename Arate. Andrew and I have known each other since 1996. That was the year James Woods started recording the voice work for Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, and you, you mentioned something about Hercules and I was just like, Something about that is gonna be coming back if because like you don't you just don't drop Hercules in a, a casual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, sorry guys. Before we got on the call, we decided we were talking about Hercules, and he thought it it was like just unrelated. But oh no, <laughs> oh no, I've related it. <laughs> wow, that is a deep cut. Uh, completely forgot that he was the voice of Hades, but <laughs> um. <laughs> You know what? But the reason why we're talking about James Wood as James Woods and all of his glory is because today he is featured as one of the main voices in our film, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Oh, yeah. This film from 2010 with a runtime of 72 minutes features director Sam Liu and Lauren Montgomery bringing to life the story written by the late, great Dwayne McDuffie. I just think this is just so cool because this is the time and era where Dwayne McDuffie was basically writing everything for DC Animation, um, Static, a lot of stuff for the Justice League show, as well as um, later on just basically helming all of more or less the Ben 10 series. Work was done in terms of animation. So these are going to be some old school names. We got Warner Brothers Animation, Warner Premiere, which I have no idea if it's still in existence or not. (laughs) The way things are going with Warner nowadays... I, I would doubt it. I would doubt <laughs> it. <laughs> and then wrapping up, we also got DC Entertainment and MOI Animation, who's done some stuff on some of our older films, as well as the Static Shock series. Uh, this movie was actually supposed to be released way before it was actually released. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when this movie was first made, it was supposed to serve as the midpoint between justice league the animated series and justice league unlimited oh mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we'll talk about that because you'll probably see as we're talking about it like the moments in which it's like oh okay this does seem like a bridging gap between the uh the two shows but let's get started with this cast list because this movie even though from 2010 it does have one of the things i do love where you have random like star-studded actors and actresses coming in to voice these characters for like one thing and then just bouncing. Uh, so first, I do want to say that one of the names on this list is a trigger warning. At this point, please feel free to skip ahead your 15 seconds. As the first person on our list is Chris Noth, who is voicing Lex Luthor for our film. Now that you're back, let's time to 
talk about the Earth One Squad, as we have William Baldwin, who is voicing Batman Bruce Wayne. From NCIS, Mark Harmon is Clark Kent Superman. I think this is actually very fitting given his role on NCIS. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa Marshall is voicing Princess Diana, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. Jonathan Adams is John Jones, a.k.a. The Martian Manhunter. You know him as Spider-Man in the um, in one of the animated series that we have. He is now currently the voice of Black Spider in the Young Justice series, which when you think about it, it's kind of funny since he like, likes to play spider characters. Uh, <laughs> but today we got Josh Keaton, who is voicing Barry Allen, The Flash, as well as doing some double work as Aquaman in, in a couple of scenes. And then wrapping up Earth One, we have Nolan North, who you know him as the voice of Nathan Drake in the Uncharted games. Penguin in the Batman Arkham games, David in The Last of Us, Ghost in Destiny numbers one and two, and finally Superboy in Young Justice. Nolan today will be voicing Hal Jordan Green Lantern as well as Power Ring from Earth 2. Nope, I love it all. I love it all. (laughs) (laughs) And the the cast list keeps on going because now we're going to hop on over using uh, either a cosmic treadmill or the world of God to hop over to Earth 2. As James Woods is voicing Owlman, um, you know, this is before stealing uh, Peter Griffin's identity. He apparently also stole Batman's identity in some way. But, you know, copy my homework, but make it different. <laughs> Brian Bloom voices Ultraman. James Patrick Stewart voices Johnny Quick as well as the Jester. Bruce Davison is President Slade Wilson. Uh, kudos to President Slade Wilson for you know, just making it out from mercenary to running the free world. It's not, it's, and I wonder if he has any political experience whatsoever to become president. I mean, could you imagine? Right. You know, that doesn't just happen. This is a work of fiction, right? <laughs> and wrapping up, we got Freddie Rogers, who is voicing Rose Wilson. And finally, Gina Torres, who is voicing Superwoman. So those are our cast members for Earth One and Two as we are now getting ready to jump into Crisis on Two Earths. Yes, so right away it opens with two of my new favorite characters, Gold Ranger Lex and Party City Joker. Let's go! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love Gold Ranger Lex. (laughs) He's got the same color scheme. You know he can do the chain. You know he can. (laughs) Um. Yes, yeah, so we have them breaking in to a secure facility, and we just know they're trying to steal something called a quantum trigger, and that they are being pursued by very super powerful people. So right away, it's interesting to see this dynamic because um, Lex and the Joker are friends, clearly, and they're allies. And usually in a situation, it would be very evil and menacing, but here it's like very sweet and noble, and so noble that Barty City Joker actually sacrifices himself to buy Gold Ranger Lex some time. And he goes face to face with Sword Woman Hawk Girl and Alien Manhunter. Ooh, I like Alien Manhunter. That's, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Sword Woman Hawk Girl, they didn't put too much in her design and it doesn't matter much anyway. So I didn't put much effort in the name. <laughs> It almost looked like a ripoff of Angel Woman from, from Digimon. Oh my god, that's what it was. Okay, I like that. Angel Woman and Alien Manhunter. <laughs> so as he in a very shocking scene gets stabbed by the flaming sword that she has, he pulls out his one final trick, 
where in some way, shape or form, he apparently has, I'm assuming, a nuclear bomb in a little hand grenade because this whole thing just destroys the entire building as Lex comes out of the sewer to say goodbye to his good old long friend. At this moment, though, Lex can't experience any grief because as he turns around, he sees what looks like our version of the Justice League here, but instead it is Ultraman, uh, Superwoman, Owlman, Johnny Quick, and uh, Power Ring, who are coming down towards him. And I got to say this right now, because if I don't, I'll be so mad at myself. The fact that they gave this version of Superman a mafioso accent, I... It, at one point, it made the film for me, and then at another point, I was just like, dear lord, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a bold choice. We have so many evil Superman out there, but yeah, no one's done... I, I can't think of a single, like, Italian evil Superman. It's usually Russian. <laughs> right! Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so, um, just leaning into that Italian crime mob, just to give Ultraman the Italian accent, as he's telling Lex that he's got nowhere to run, but Lex does show Gold Ranger Lex, you know, he's got a couple things up his sleeve as he pulls out this uh, what looks like a portal gun, uh, probably like a ver- like a version one portal gun from Rick and Morty as he uses it to teleport away, leaving the group, this uh, Earth 2 Justice League to just try to wonder where Lex is gone as we now see the title sequence in this really cool um animation style which i really love because i thought it was cool to see the different versions of the justice league members going side by side with their evil counterparts yeah it's uh, i love a good credit sequence you know it's Mm -hmm. it's put some effort into it and i love when it happens uh so now we cut over to the earth we know and love where all the justice league members who are osha cleared for space are working on the their new headquarters (laughs) And I do like this little interaction where Wonder Woman's like, Bruce, how much is this costing to build? And he's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, he's ripping off the shareholders, right? Like, Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> this Bruce Wayne, in comparison to the, uh, to the DCAMU, Bruce Wayne actually has a heart to be thinking about, like, there's some funny business happening with my money right now. But you know what? It's because it's me. I'm just going to have to take the L. <laughs> yeah, he's keeping his eye on the funds. But I'm not be surprised if he gets sued in a few years. And what one of another great interaction here is that uh, Batman is testing a new teleportation system using Flash as the guinea pig, which I also love because it's like he can heal from pretty much anything. He can heal really fast. Um, so I really like him being used as a guinea pig. And fortunately, the teleporter works. So Flash teleports into the headquarters while Batman steals his pretzel. Disgusting, man. I mean, is. You really strapped for cash, Batman? Can't afford your own pretzel? (laughs) (laughs) Or at least buy a pretzel maker. Like, you got a whole ship. Alfred probably has pretzels in the cave. Just wait, bro. (laughs) Um, But everything seems to be going pretty nicely for this Earth. But then they get a visitor. Yes, because Gold Ranger Lex reappears onto onto this Earth. And he immediately takes himself over to the police station to let him know that he wants to see the Justice League because uh, apparently he has business to do with the Justice League, which causes Superman, Wonder Woman, and Flash to head on over where they're greeted by Lex in his 
no longer a Gold Ranger suit because he has decided to put on his birthday suit instead. Yeah, and I, I also want to say, I do love how in this universe, the cops were on site to shoot Luther. Oh, yeah, like, they, they were. were not playing any <laughs> games. <laughs> they, would, they were ready to put that man down. And yeah, and like you said, Luther's naked. Love this line. And I, where Flash comes in and is like, I thought they called me the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> and after Su- Superman uses his vision to make sure that the other Luther is in jail, damn, can he see far? Yep. Um, Luther, they trust this Gold Ranger Luther enough to take him to the base, where he explains that in this universe, crime syndicate, a cr- the crime syndicate has taken over. Uh, they're basically the Justice League. And they have this really cool story set up where it's not like the uh, the nations are obeying them, but they're just not trying to catch that smoke, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is a really, really interesting story dynamic that I love that they're exploring. And Green Lantern, and they all discuss, should we do this? Um, Green Lantern has that great response where he's actually like, well, I'm an officer, but that's not my jurisdiction. Is, right. <laughs> is Green Lantern the best cop ever put to screen? <laughs> He clearly read his rule book, um, you know, just and I, I do love that scene, too, because it does come into question about, like, how much power does the Justice League actually have? Because of Green Lantern saying that I'm a cop, this being out of my jurisdiction, because, you know, let's be honest, as Batman said in the film as well, we're here to protect the Earth, but we met our Earth. Yeah. So we can't just be going around, hopping around enacting our will onto anything because as we've seen in a couple of our crossover episodes and movies already that doesn't really go so well and tends to be the mindset of the evil dudes so justice league they are thinking it through superman um i did like this scene as well because superman immediately just isn't convinced that even though he uses this x-ray vision to see that lex this lex is from a alternate universe because his heart is on the wrong side um he still doesn't trust a luther but ultimately, Wonder Woman does convince the group to go along to team up with Gold Ranger Lex. But Batman says that he decides to stay because they are currently doing too much with the building of their watchtower. With If they leave, that means the Earth will be un- unprotected. So there's just too much. And I got to give it to Batman because he really thought that him soloing taking care of the earth really would have made a difference. I- I'm sorry. I- I'm just <laughs> like for Batman, for real. Like, you can't even fly. You out here thinking that, like, you could take care of the whole entire Earth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got Robin, right? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> Robin picking up the slack. <laughs> he was like, you take, the, you take the Eastern Hemisphere, I'll take the Western. <laughs> and I do like this argument. It's funny because last week I complained about how weak the arguments were in Injustice. Um, but I do like everybody in the Justice League had a good argument for either going or not going. Um, so I really do like that they took the time to really talk that over. But Superman's like, come on, guys, let's do it. <laughs> and he does kind of regret it because as soon as they show up in the other universe, it is on site once again. All the fights in this movie are on site. And I, oh, yeah. I love it <laughs> um, because you got super black, black lightning, uh, <laughs> which actually I found out his name is Black Power. <laughs> black Power. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love it. You got all these villains chasing Justice League. You got Black Power, you got Cheshire, you got Break Breakdancing Laser Man. 
<laughs> I think that's vibe. So for our Flash fans, I think that's Cisco Ramon. <laughs> It, it, why does he break dance then? I don't know. So the technical thing in terms of like his skills, I know from the comics is that like by using the vibrational frequency that comes out from his dance moves, that is why he dances and uses that as an attack. But I mean, we've seen hip hop keto from the power ranges, and I'm pretty sure that's a way more effective power uh, like ability than this break dancing thing that he did. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't like it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this ensuing fight is full of too great, too many great moments. We don't want to get bogged down in explaining it. It's you should watch this fight. It's mm-hmm. amazing because uh, we got Scar attacking Wonder Woman at one point. <laughs> Superman will hit a woman if she's strong. Oh enough. hell yeah, he will. He's an equal opportunity crime fighter. <laughs> Wonder Woman does not give a damn about Peter. Uh, it is fun. Um, and Superwoman is the evil on the evil side and she is absolutely the most the biggest threat they have to deal with and at one point gold ranger lex recognizes that reinforcements are coming so he tells everybody get out of the building immediately and i love that nobody told flash that the exit was flyers (laughs) only he was out there falling immediately (laughs) he kept falling with style because it was just it was like 20 minutes of him just falling it felt like (laughs) yeah ridiculous oh gosh but this was also a great scene too i mean not the part with flash just falling you know spiraling to his death but just the all the flyers fighting against each other because we saw like superman was not holding back as the um made men that this is a this is what they give the names of every single member of the uh the different mafiosos within the crime syndicate these are their followers so Superwoman's made men are just kind of like the uh, I think it's the super family, which is kind of like a version of Shazam mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. Um, so these three guys, one that looks kind of like Sinestro, one kind of looks like Superboy and the other one looks like um, Uncle Dudley, I think his name is from the uh, the what's it called the Shazam comics. Uh, so they are all fighting and showing that they're just as powerful as Superman and Wonder Woman has to face off against Owlman who shows that he's basically Batman without that moral code of killing. So he's willing to go far. And speaking of no moral code, Wonder Woman was fully ready to kill that man. I just want to point that out. I mean, <laughs> he deserved that some of the shit he did. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> she was not holding back. But she eventually is able to overwhelm Owlman and steal his jet. And this is by far my favorite Easter egg of this movie. The jet can cloak itself and turn invisible. And this is the origin for Wonder Woman's invisible jet in this universe. (laughs) I absolutely love that. That she just jacked it. (laughs) Take that Wonder Woman 1984. (laughs) Exactly. This is how you put a jet in your movie. So... The Justice League, is uh, again, they've been fighting since they got here. They need a break. So they all get away in the invisible jet. Um, so, yeah, we get a little bit more background on this universe. As after we meet the monkey version of Harley, probably Yo. the laziest thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. That's, what That's very disrespectful to a doctor. <laughs> Come on. She's a doctor. She, I like saying the monkey's still a doctor in this universe. <laughs> But we find out the the structure, the hierarchy of the crime syndicate. And basically what they do is it, the big names, the heavy hitters, your superwoman, your Ultraman, they choose people, criminals, and give them superpowers. 
and they call them made men and they work for them and they each have these crime families. I love this. I, mm-hmm. I this idea is so creative and so fresh. I I love this idea of like continuing crime by choosing who gets the powers and who doesn't. So they decide Justice League decides they have to dismantle this operation. And while Golden Ranger Lex is like so unsteady, Superman's like, we ain't here for that. I'm I don't got that much vacation time. <laughs> We're gonna do this tonight. Split into teams. Let's take these guys down. Mm-hmm. the legit way of just basically saying we here for a good time not a long time <laughs> so they start taking down the crime syndicate one by one by hitting their operations we have superman teaming up with gold ranger lex luther we have flash teaming up with uh martian manhunter and finally we got wonder woman teaming up with green lantern as the first fight happens we see flash and martian manhunter quickly take down johnny quick the archer um, who is, I think, the Earth 2 version of Green Arrow, as well as the Earth 2 version of Black Canary, which I'm assuming we'll just call Black Siren, given the fact that she's already been established in the live-action Arrowverse as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she'll be good in three seasons. Right. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> so they quickly take down that operation as we head on over to probably what is my favorite takedown of all time in this film, honestly is Wonder Woman facing off against another Amazon. I'm assuming probably is like their version of um, Wonder Girl or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right? I don't think they get a, had a name. Yeah, no, no. We, we didn't even want to bother with it because the way she got taken down. Um, so Green Lantern goes through and he's just basically destroying all the... Um, I'm guessing this is like the super serum they were trying to create or it's whatever drugs they were using. As Wonder Woman faces off against his Amazon in a full-on fight... Wonder Woman loses the first round. And as Green Lantern comes out to give a helping hand, she was like, nah, this is mine. I got this. I ain't hear no bell. Right? I ain't hear no bell. (laughs) (laughs) And Lord, this child got a whooping that was, oh, that was beautiful because it it shows how great of a fighter that Wonder Woman is and also how greatly choreographed these fight scenes were in this film. Um, as the fight wraps up, we just see Power Ring. It's just like, nah, who's Green Lantern's Earth 2? He's just like, nah, I'm, I'm ain't about this life as he flies away. Yeah, I, I do like He's just like, nope. Uh, you saw how that, that woman she just got? I don't want none of that. Yep. And to round up the teams, we got Superman and Golden Ranger Lex fighting against really our most jacked character. Yes. Olsen, Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> the most jacked Jimmy Olsen you've ever seen. More jacked than the one on Supergirl. And he and Ultraman and I really oh this so many little touches that make sense. Mm-hmm. But Superman wants to take Ultraman, but Golden Ranger Lex says I have to do it. Otherwise, when you leave, it doesn't mean anything. Yep. And mm-hmm. I so I love snaps. I was just like, yo, you know how this goes. And luckily, at, during the fight, uh, Luther finds some blue kryptonite that turns the tables. And then all these bystanders start cheering, and I'm like, y'all ain't do nothing. So I want y'all to shut up. <laughs> y'all all, yeah, go back inside because you were you did not help. <laughs> Word. So now that the uh, crime syndicate has been basically taken down, all more or less all the leaders. At that moment, the I'm assuming I think it was the Secret Service. They came up and they were like, we need to take in uh, Golden Rachel Lex Luthor as well as Superman. After they threw. Ultraman into the back of the paddy wagon 
And they take them, the whole entire Justice League, over to the White House where we meet President Slade Wilson, who is quite upset over everything that has happened. Because to him, they basically undermined everything that he's been trying to do to broker a peace with the crime syndicate, given how delicate the um, conversations have already been happening. Yeah, and I, I do love that he is the sensible one. Slade? Yeah. Slade, the right. Sensible Slade. One? The man who beats up children? Yeah, regularly. <laughs> right. Just for fun. And his daughter, Rose, is trying to really move the needle and try to um, shake things up. And in the process of her speaking out, a Martian Manhunter reads her mind accidentally and starts, you know, they start understanding each other. And he also says something when she is railing about how much of a coward her father is and everything. Not. Martian Manhunter says, men who have seen battle are often among those who hold life most dear. Mm. So, you know, he's he's given a good justification for why Slade would just roll over for these guys. They, he knows that how much bloodshed would ensue if they didn't. And unfortunately for Slade, he all the appeasement can't help what Owlman and Superwoman have cooking for the rest of the world. Yep. So at one point also, he does mention that he released Ultraman. So that basically means that the whole entire crime syndicate is back in play as Owlman and one and Superwoman, they meet up with each other. And this is where Owlman reveals that he apparently has been working on something outside of what the um, what they've already been working on. So he's making what it seems like a map. He realizes and found out that there is apparently multiple Earths. And this is mainly because of thanks to tracking Luther's information from the computer that they stole the information from. um, He realizes that he not only has a map of the different Earths that he just needs to finalize and put together, but he also has a way to travel to each of these Earths. So he does share with Superwoman that he has an ulterior motive, but we learn about that later on after we have to experience one more moment with Rose Wilson as she's given a press conference and we see in the distance Archer, who has also been released from prison, has a plan to assassinate her because Archer is a part of Johnny Quick's team. So as the arrow is making its way over, this is when Martian Manhunter reveals that he is actually pretending to be a bodyguard for Rose Wilson. He catches the arrow and makes his way over to basically give Archer what I'm assuming is like three heart attacks all at the same time. Yeah, I love that. Like, John was like, what you trying to do, Arrow Man? (laughs) (laughs) With your little pea shooter. (laughs) What do you think that's going to do against Martians? (laughs) Yeah, and I think a a good part of this, too, is that we get a little backstory right before the assassination attempt because Ultraman comes to the White House and also heavily hints that he killed the first lady mm-hmm. um, just for existing. And I do appreciate that the ultra, the Secret Service tried. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, guys, nah, y'all could y'all could put the guns down. It's not it's not gonna help you really. This um, is like back in throwing the Atlantis where the uh, where the soldiers tried to shoot the water. <laughs> yeah, th- what are you doing? What is the end game? So now we go back to. Batman and he's like I ain't waiting for anybody he's in his mech suit 
uh, repairing things in space. And earlier, Owlman had sent Superwoman to go get something the, because Luther secretly had dropped a piece of the device he's building in Batman's Earth. So Superwoman comes with the power family and Batman, yo, I got to give it to this mm-hmm. man. What a true gangster. He took them all. He took all of them. He tried to give them all the smoke with just himself and a robot. Come on, man. Come Yo, on. You know what happened? Batman was definitely watching Alien in the oh, background yeah. as, this, yeah. as this was going down. And he was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to channel my inner Ellen Ripley and take down these alien invaders from another Earth. <laughs> but for real, I do got to give it to him. As uh, the fight is going down, and they're just pr- pressing him about being alone. He's like, who said I was alone? And he presses the button. And this is where we get some more members of the of the heroes of the DC universe coming through. As we have Firestorm appear. We have Black Canary appear. Uh, Aquaman appears. And our favorite, Black Lightning, also makes an appearance. Yeah, I got to say, this lineup is unexpected. Mm-hmm. I I don't hate it though, <laughs> especially the use of Firestorm, a Black Firestorm. I mean, right? right, yes, especially the 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 Jackson Firestorm, the Black Firestorm. Yeah, yeah that was a really good pick, um, especially because I'm trying to remember if because again the movie was supposed to be the bridge between the um, the original animated series. What was Firestorm Black in that? I don't think I don't remember him being. Okay. I barely remember Firestorm in the series at all. Oh, that's true. Too. Um, so maybe they were trying to introduce him, but I do. I love this inclusion. I absolutely mm-hmm. love this inclusion. And in 2010, yes. like, come on, <laughs> before it was even required. Mm-hmm. And I do love. I do love this fight. Again, all the fight scenes have been impressive in their own ways. My two favorite parts about this fight scene: they take extra time to shit on Aquaman, like. <laughs> Batman's like Aquaman. Like you can't win. Like what are you doing? They're stronger than you, Aquaman. He's like uh, that's to that's to see, and immediately gets wrecked. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And but I also love how much work Black Canary is doing in this fight. She basically solos the other Earth except for Superwoman. Like, w- yes. W- how is she so? She's so powerful in this Earth. <laughs> I love that one scene where. Um, one of them was getting beat up and she was like, do you want to hear a secret? It just basically un- unleashes the canary cry in his ear. Ah, it, it just, again, just watch this. This is some good writing and use of abilities, especially animated as well, to, to see, that, see it come out in here. Yeah. Um, and they put up a good fight, but eventually Superwoman gets what she needs. She gets a part of the device, travels back to her Earth to fight Superwoman solo. And he had no prep time. So I'm sorry, guys. It ain't looking good for Batman this time around. <laughs> this man, I I have to give it to him. He puts up a really good fight, but he gets wrecked. <laughs> he gets absolutely wrecked in this fight. But we are, just because we want to put up the suspense of, you know, what ends up happening to Batman, we do have to talk about the other plot that's happening here, which is the uh, the little love story that's been being built up between Martian Manhunter and Rose Wilson. Martian Manhunter is in the car. He is in his um, more of his John Jones persona. Um, fun fact, just to remember to remind y'all, John Jones is a black man in the uh, in this universe. Mm-hmm. So that is like there's a lot of black characters in this film. Like I'm mm-hmm. shocked. Like we got this in 2010. 
So John is in his black form. And this is when Rose tells him that, you know, you can show me your true self as the Martian, which um, he immediately changes into. And then the two of them have this conversation where they're expressing themselves to each other. And this leads to Rose attempting to kiss Martian Manhunter, which, you know, he immediately stops because he's just like, I guess, one consent. Uh, But two, he's just like, he's confused about what she's trying to do. When she explains that she's trying to show her affection towards him, this is when he shows the Martian way of doing so as he does a mind meld, which is um, the term I'm just pulling from Supergirl, the TV series, because I think that's what they called it there. Mm -hmm. As they both share each other's histories through their minds, as we see um, how it all began for Rose, the loving family she has with Slade and her mother, how um, John also had a very loving family, which I'm assuming they showed his wife at the time and his child, and how the growing threat of the crime syndicate led to her mother being killed, and then John having the Martian Civil War destroy his family, and how they, they come to where they are now of like Rose speaking out against the crime syndicate, and even some great flashback Easter egg scenes of just like when John first came to Earth, and then eventually also how he became part of the Justice League, pulling a like a animating actually their first adventure in the panel with them facing off against Starro. And it's just such a lovely sequence because you get this like quick story of how these two characters came to be and how it all leads into them the two of them falling for each other as they share uh, a, I believe they do share a kiss or at least they share a loving embrace. So we have this like really um, side story here of just like this love story being coming out from Rose and Martian Manhunter too. Yeah. I mean, this love story is only comparable to Batman and Catwoman in injustice. Like it's one of the greatest love stories of all time. (laughs) And by that, I mean, Holy snap. It is much better and that this is a really well-developed, unexpected romance between characters that don't normally get romantic plot lines at all. Right. So it is really refreshing to see them take such a huge risk with that. And for it not to feel like it's slowing down a movie, I think it really helps to have someone who's really invested in this earth. And while he's, you know, putting on the moves and with his intense mind melts, um, Batman just got his rib broken. By one thumb. <laughs> oh super gosh, one. that he heard it too. <laughs> and he was like, Ugh. but luckily he had one last trick up his sleeve. He has anesthetic gas that he uses to knock out Superwoman, which she is vulnerable to, fortunately. And he, she wakes up to find that she is in steel bars, and the Justice League is ready. So the Justice League decides we're gonna go into the base, and luckily Rose knows they have a base on the moon yes let's Mm. do it (laughs) and now they're headed towards the crime syndicate and i do love this this little contrast where the crime syndicate is building this huge bomb owl man is designing to contrast it with the justice league building their watchtower at the beginning Mm. a nice like creation destruction parallel between the earths and Oh, that's deep. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Damn. Yeah. Okay, okay, I see you. Yeah, there's there's one more I can't wait to talk about very soon. <laughs> and the stakes are higher than ever because now we discover that Owlman intends to detonate this QED bomb, um, not just to destroy one Earth, but to destroy every Earth in existence because he believes that 
every decision is meaningless because we made a different choice somewhere else. That is his philosophy. Nothing matters. So why not blow it all to hell? So now it is clear that the threat is bigger than ever. And it's time for a good old fashioned 6v6 Justice League versus Crime Syndicate. Batman, mad respect. Again, you took on the speedster. Why? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Bro, I feel like Batman doesn't care about himself. He's just like, he truly is just like, I don't, I don't care about facing against a criminal. Give me someone bigger, bigger and more powerful than me, and I will take him down. Batman is freaking Goku. Yes, he is. Batman oh, my God, he's Goku. Goku. He's already <laughs> recovered from his ribs because of the, the Goku Saiyan properties. <laughs> All right, so this this does explain a little bit about the uh, the the Batman and Goku fandom. I will now actually realize that. Um, so I love this fight too because we get really great action sequences of like laser visions from both Ultraman and Superman. Oh my gosh, my favorite one of all time has to be definitely Johnny Quick versus Flash because as Johnny Quick like gets thrown into something causing it to break, he does the you know the thousand cuts move of just taking everything and throwing it at Flash. But Flash takes everything and assembles it back together just to prove a point. Just to prove he is faster. I, ah, God, this fight is so good. I love that. That's my favorite. You got my favorite part of the fight right there. (laughs) Like, even though earlier, Martian Manhunter turned into Shenlong. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I still love this fight. But despite all their best efforts, Owlman manages to find Prime Earth and get away with the QED um, bomb. And now they have no way to chase him because the device they used to, to follow him isn't working. So Batman and Luther come up with a plan where they need someone to vibrate at the same frequency as the dimensional portal so they have to move so fast they can vibrate at that frequency flash wants to do it but batman's like nah man you too slow (laughs) so johnny quick steps up to the plate and opens the portal to prime earth and our final showdown yeah and this is uh just amazing to see because as batman enters the portal flash actually does try to follow him after but Lex tells him that like if he tries to jump into the uh, event horizon, it will rip him apart. So I do love that. Um, you know, I know this is a scientific term, but I do love the fact that event horizons do come up a lot when it comes to traveling Earth, because I think it's something that gets mentioned in the Flash series as well. So as Batman arrives on Earth Prime, this is where he comes face to face, where basically Owlman is just telling him again his whole philosophy of how nothing makes sense it's all meaningless because again the if you make one decision on one earth you're creating a separate earth where you made the opposite decision so what's the point and he's telling him that like as the two or two of them are fighting we get some sweet hand-to-hand combat here but Owlman does get the upper hand because, once again, Owlman is willing to kill. Um, Batman does hold. I always feel this. Like Batman will always hold back. He will never go for the kill shot. Owlman, Owlman is just like, you know what? I'm going to take you down right now because this is what I need to do, which leads to some really great dialogue. And, and also a very in-depth look of Bruce Wayne as a person, honestly, in, the, in this universe. But luckily for them... And for us, Batman does get the upper hand. He uses his grapple gun to um, 
to tie Owlman's hand to the mechanism. And he uses the, the keyboard to send it to a separate Earth. But before he does so, he drops the one line, which honestly, truly made this film for me. Angie, I'll let you take it because I feel like you are you're a whole I can see you trying to hold back from saying it yourself. <laughs> he says, you know, because we have all this talk about choices and differences, and Batman says, you know the difference between the two of us? We both looked into the abyss and you blinked. Oh, oh god damn. damn. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Who told you to drop bars like that? Jesus. Ah. Uh, so good mm-hmm. and at, after as he drops the the best diss track of all time Owlman trans teleports to another earth that is barren they hinted at this earlier so i also love that they set this up and because batman was threatened to be sent to this earth earlier so it's great that Owlman ends up here and Owlman looks at the device he can hit the abort button there's still time but he goes doesn't matter and dies Though, let's be honest, Batman knew what he was doing when he sent him there. So I think mm. Batman did sentence him to death. <laughs> it was like, technically, I didn't do it. <laughs> right. The bomb that you set just did. I, I just pushed the button to, to, to move it somewhere else. You know, that, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> I mean, starvation would have done it eventually, too. So, Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Batman won't kill you, but he will make you suffer. <laughs> so... Batman now heads on back to the portal to head back to Earth 2 to meet up with the rest of everybody else. Um, as he hops out, you know, at this point, he's already battered and bruised. He's already had the broken rib, and now he has basically all of his skills used against him. But he does have enough consciousness to realize that Johnny Quick is still vibrating, so he turns around and tells him to stop. And as he starts to slow down, we see that Johnny Quick isn't the same anymore. He has... You know, he's aged drastically. He is um, now to the point where he has lost so much weight. He's just a, basically a bag of bones at this point. And as Flash runs over to catch him, this is where it gets revealed that Batman knew that this would happen. And the only reason why he said that Flash wasn't fast enough was because another callback from earlier, Batman wouldn't put Flash at risk in that point. And it earns the respect of Johnny Quick as it's the last thing he says is good on you, mate, as he dies in Flash's arms. So cold. Mm-hmm. So cold. And I mean, this one is uh, tentative whether you Batman knew he was going to fully die or not. But yeah, this is a great Batman level decision that none of the other ones would have made. Mm-hmm. And I do love this. And because you, you said it yourself, Flash is clearly faster than Quick. So, yeah, this was a great setup. It was a great twist. And Ultraman immediately kills the move by saying, hey, gum, boom, boom, boom. Well, I'm <laughs> done with this guy. <laughs> What's next? And take the cannoli and run, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And because this movie is one of so good, it's so fun. Just don't even ask questions. Martian Manhunter comes in with space marines. They've got nukes and space tanks. Deathstroke is in a space tank and he's like, if the crime syndicate doesn't come, we're just going to hit y'all with nuclear radiation until you die. I, I don't need, look, I don't need explanations for this. No. When, when is that great setup? Like, I, I don't, I don't care. How did they get the tank on the moon? I don't care. All right. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> 
And as we are coming up to a more peaceful chance for this earth, John is asked if he would want to stay here. And he decides, you know, he watched Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. He knows about incursions. But he also decides that he wants to protect the home that he that took him in, that adopted him. So he says a very emotional goodbye to Rose. And because this movie balances humor and drama so well, after this emotional goodbye, Dan is like, maybe there's one on our Earth. And John goes, well, my luck, she'll probably going to be evil. <laughs> <laughs> we know for a fact she is. <laughs> yep. So now our Justice League returns back to Earth One. They are enjoying the fact that they have been their home because, um, you know, they, they realize how, how much they missed it. At this moment, Flash tries to run, but immediately gets knocked down by the invisible jet that Wonder Woman has now taken back to Earth One. So once again, making her, her jet cannon. As Batman and Superman are walking away, they're talking to one another as Superman tells Batman that, you know what, you were right. We shouldn't have left it, left our Earth unprotected like that, especially given everything that went down. But Batman turns it around. It's just like, you know what? You were right, too. We were both right. We needed to do something. And it's here where I, you could tell that, you know, they like the idea of what the crime syndicate did of having people, more people work alongside them because Batman noticing that, you know, he was able to still go to the other Earth he still can tell that his earth is safe because it gives us a quick shot as they open the door that they decide to open up the ranks of the Justice League as we have Firestorm, Aquaman, Black Canary, and Black Lightning standing by the ready to receive their orders as our movie ends here with a cool scene of the credits rolling, reflecting also against on the bottom with the, uh, the, the multiple earths reflecting upon each other. And it's just such a cool thing that now ending our movie i was actually really sad that it ended here because it was so good and i was just like i want more but it ended on such a strong note yeah yeah i i'd say this is a perfect way to to throw to call it yeah perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> all right so before we drop our ratings here is a word from one of our forgotten entertainment family members and another podcast that you should be listening to Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th. Now that we have talked about our film, it's time to do the hard work of determining how many Earths are you giving this film? I've gone back and forth, and this is this is hard. This is hard <laughs> for a good reason. I'm going to slap this with nine Earths out of ten. I, I was so close. I was. It's it's so close to perfection. It because, is. It is. Oh my god! This is this is a movie introduces so many cool ideas. The Made Men. Alone, I would see, I would watch an entire television series about the made men on mm-hmm. a new earth, just causing crime 
And like, are some of them morally conflicted? Are some of them doing this for their families, but not into the evil? I, I need to get into that. <laughs> I I'm, I'm really want to sink my teeth into that. And I love the, all the fight scenes are unique. They're gorgeous. They have a romantic subplot in here. They have a world-spanning crisis in here. It is pretty, it, it, it's almost airtight. There are just a very small, the, the two very small things that kept it from absolute perfection. And I want to save those for the perfection for the ones that deserve it. I think at the beginning, um, it's kind of weird that nobody pointed out the possibility that the crime syndicate could jump universes and could plausibly come into theirs. I felt mm. that would like be a really good, easy argument to br- bring up for some reason they never do. <laughs> <laughs> and I really wanted to, and Superwoman, they, most of her, her character is very fun, but she jumps on board to destroy all the earths yeah. instantly. And the justification is I'm a psychopath. I don't, in an, in like a less structured movie, I would just take that. But here I'm like, everyone, every character is written so clearly and crisply. I just don't buy that she would destroy all of existence just because. Like, I I don't think she's there. Um, I would have liked either a little conflict or a little bit more insight onto why she's okay with ending all existence. Um, Those are my artery alterations. I rolled them into one. Um, (laughs) But if they had done that, I would have been able to find no flaws uh, because this movie is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree. It is also a 9 out of 10 for me. It is close to near perfection. I, you know, it's everything about this is just so cool. It's like everything that we've learned about and have experienced about evil Superman and all that. Like this, I feel, was a good point to start with. The two reasons that I have for dropping it down the point is, again, the argument that of like, why does Superwoman just join on so quickly? I think there's something in the comics that I'll talk about, which... um makes sense to maybe why her mindset was like that but they didn't really explain it well in the film and you know i don't want it to just be that like i'm just going to join along with owl man because you know he's my boyfriend and i'm a psychopath like that doesn't really track well for me as a good reason to be like i want to destroy all of reality um yeah it's very harley quinn yeah yeah it does (laughs) It's like it make it make sense given the fact of like how well they did with establishing who she is and how she's like a competent leader of her made men and a you know one of the biggest baddest of the of the crime syndicate. Um, the other thing too was the the story the love story between Rose and Martian Manhunter. I loved it. It was unexpected, but I do wish that they kind of opened it up a little bit more prior because one of the things that came up was that uh, Martian Manhunter seemed like lonely. Like this is what he's been saying to, to Rose. And I kind of wish that um, maybe they had something in the very beginning before them finding out about Gold Ranger Lex Luthor or anything like that, where he's just like, maybe like standing off to the side, maybe a bit more secluded and more of a recluse from the rest of the Justice League in a moment, because it seems like he's like really bonding with the team. I get that like the the sense of a love and a partnership and a relationship differs from a friendship and allyship camaraderie, but it didn't really seem to me like Martian Manhunter was lonely in this particular universe. 
Like it just felt like he was, um, I mean, I don't know like how long he's been a part of the team at that point, but it just didn't really give off a sense that maybe he was looking for love. It just seemed like love found him and now he's just trying to justify it by saying he was lonely. But other than that, I thought that the love scenes and everything were really well written. And I do appreciate the fact that they ended it with him deciding not to stay on that earth because of his own obligations of saying that I want to, and his own um, convictions of saying that I want to stay on the earth and home that adopted me. Because to me, it gives off that strong parallel with Superman, which I feel gets missed out a lot by a lot of people superman and martian man to be in the last sons of their earth so it's just like it's really cool that we got a chance to um see that kind of play out again it's just saying that i want to dedicate to my new world safety yeah yeah it, it it's one of those things where it's like i feel like this could have been a whole arc of justice league unlimited <laughs> you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like of john like acclimating to the league and the new league and stuff so yeah, that's there's so many ideas, and I, I love I love the movie, and that's where where it can sometimes be a little frustrating because you can see the potential for some of these ideas they introduce, where they could go with it, but it's contained in this one thing. So, and if I'm complaining that you have too many good ideas, you have a good movie, <laughs> and I, I love that. I love that. Um, there's so much here, and I, I definitely highly recommend. All right, so that's the uh, now it's time for that comic book knowledge because uh, one of the great things about this book is that this movie is actually based off of one of the greatest written stories in DC history of Justice League of America or JLA Earth Two. Uh, this comic is a one-shot graphic novel comic actually that was written by Grant Morrison with artwork done by Frank Quitely, and it takes place in that. Um, just JLA universe, uh, you know, kind of when they adopted more of that 80s, 90s style of comics where they just had ridiculously big muscles and just like that strong definition. Everybody was their most jacked version and all that. Uh, so and it takes place uh, after the first crisis, the crisis on Infinite Earth, similar to the um, movie. The story is focused on like how the Earth one and Earth two um like teams face off against each other that being the justice league of the jla versus the crime syndicate of america very similar it's more or less the same story except for like a couple of big differences uh we have gold ranger lex luther who is not wearing his gold ranger suit unfortunately in this one he travels over to earth two to sorry to earth what they call the earth zero to work with the justice league to take down the crime syndicate and how it happens and how they find out about everything is as Lex travels to this new world, he unfortunately brings on another side, another group of people from earth Two, And it's like a random plane that gets caught up. And as the plane arrives on the justice league, the JLA earth, the entire league comes into find out investigate what's going on unfortunately every single person on board that plane does die because they don't have the proper equipment to protect themselves oh it's not kind of like homelander kind of stuff <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we get that scene that came up in the um in the movie of clark being able to tell that lex is from an alternate earth because of the fact that their organs are reversed and this is tying in directly to the to the opening credits and the end credit sequences 
of the reflections that come out because the main thing that they talk about in the in this comic is how it is truly established that there is a matter and an antimatter universe and again this is because they've already experienced crisis so they know a little bit of this or at least the reader knows a little bit of this and they focus in on how earth 2 is a true mirror a true mirror reflection of earth 1 and how everything is reversed how good is actually evil over there and it's all more or less the same things the characters have the same identities for a few of them we also do find out that superwoman is actually lois lane so that's something that um that got established in the comic that i think they hinted at a couple times in the movie that's wild mm-hmm. i kind of wish that was more of a thing <laughs> <laughs> some they also do a big difference here too where it's um something that you actually mentioned of you know in terms of the argument about like wanting to make sure that their earth is protected if they ended up venturing over to earth one earth two about earth the crimes that they get hopping over to earth one that does happen in the comic they figure out that there is a 24-hour difference between the parallel versions of themselves flipping to the other earth if one of them was to transfer over so when Lex brings over his Earth-1 Justice League, Earth-2 Crime Syndicate, after being captured by the entire Justice League, end up getting placed onto Earth-1. And now they have to deal with the fact of trying to get back while the Crime Syndicate is just making a mess of Earth-1. Mm. Okay, that's fun. Mm. That's fun. And another great thing is that we get a chance to explore Earth-2 a bit more. One of my favorite things that comes up actually is Gotham's Earth 2. So Commissioner Gordon, given the fact that Owlman is, you know, evil, Commissioner Gordon by extension is also evil. He is one of Owlman's like made men in his own way. He doesn't have any superpowers, but he is run helping to run some of the, the crime that's there. Um, his name, instead of being a commissioner, it, you know, because he doesn't become a cop, he's Big Boss Gordon. <laughs> I want to start calling him from that now. On. <laughs> the other thing that we do find out is that the commissioner is actually Commissioner Wayne because Thomas Wayne Sr. is the commissioner of Gotham at this point. So he survived the gunshot, unfortunately. Um, Martha is the one that dies. And it's heavily hinted that, that at this point that Owlman definitely is the you know either Bruce Wayne or as we found out, in our, um, you know, that comes up in the Batman New 52 storyline that is actually Thomas Wayne C- um, Jr., who was Owlman. Thomas Wayne. It was like, that kind of threw me off. It was like Thomas Wayne Jr. Mm-hmm. Ah. So this is where we kind of learned that um, apparently, and it comes up, it like completely tied together more recently in um, twenty in the 2020s, but around 2010 or before 2000, the idea was that Owlman was actually Thomas Wayne Jr. This was Bruce's brother who um, he didn't know anything about. Um, I can't remember if it was his older or if his younger brother. But Thomas Wayne Jr. adopts the identity of Owlman in order to take down and fight against his brother Bruce Wayne which in Batman, which we see later on in, in future comics from this one. So something that does come up is that Commissioner Wayne immediately knows that Bruce is Batman upon seeing him for the first time. Makes sense. (laughs) 
Um, the other thing, too, is that unfortunately we do lose our most Jack character as Jimmy Olsen instead of becoming his most Jack self and a made man of Ultraman. He instead is a submissive partner for Superwoman. Um, the Daily Planet is still oh. up and running and she is in charge of the entire thing as we see that she is using him as a as an informant while offering him things uh that i think are too grown for this podcast <laughs> another major difference is the relationship between Alman and superwoman um it's kept more of a secret in this one because it's kind of hinted that maybe ultraman is with superwoman and she's just basically cheating on ultraman with Alman. but ultraman knows and Alman knows that ultraman knows so the two of it two of it use it as like a game that they play against each other makes sense Mm-hmm. And then finally, the most biggest difference of all, Owlman is not our villain in the comic, at least not in the way that it was done in the in the movie. This was a complete change. And honestly, I prefer this change. <laughs> <laughs> so in the comic, both sides find out that they're being played in some way, shape or form, not by Owlman, not by Lex not by anybody in the crime syndicate or anybody in the justice league. They're being played by the on staff servants that the crime syndicate have throughout their headquarters. Brainiac. Oh, good old brainy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Brainiac is the one that has basically been sharing the information to both sides about, um, you know, who the, who the others were and what he does is, he decides to try to take them both down and destroy both Earths because Brainiac was first, a, instead of him being the synthetic being that he is in the comics and what we see on Earth One, he's now this like real thing, uh, like this like sluggish looking kind of thing. Um, he's basically just a head with a spinal cord attached. It's like very horrific looking. Um, the only way I can describe it is probably like an inverted version of Alien. So, um, like the xenomorph thing that comes up to your face. Oh, I was thinking of the grandma from SpongeBob, the chocolate. Episode. <laughs> oh, actually, very close. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he this he was taken down by Superman and uh, by Ultraman, and Ultraman has been using him to basically control everything about their headquarters. So now he wants vengeance, and he does so by creating. And I'm glad that you mentioned this because uh, Doctor Strange wasn't the first one to do this, but we actually had an incursion event where he lowers the frequency, the vibrational frequency of Earth-1 so that it occupies the same space as Earth-2. And as the two of them are colliding together, they're preparing to destroy, he's preparing to destroy both Earths. Uh, yeah. So just two? Lame. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, when you're just a floating head in the tube, I guess you can only do one. <laughs> <laughs> so... They do work together to take him down, and the in a very similar scene, Ultraman tells him to tells to the Justice League to back away. But it does open the door for the um, the crime syndicate to actually be knocked down the peg because the, everybody on Earth saw like how they were how they were tricked and everything. So this does give a lot of the the governments an opportunity to use that against them and to really stock up on some more weapons as they were dealing with the um the event that was happening with them there. And that is it because after after this the um 
Earth 2 basically gets destroyed after one of the many crisis events that happen. But they do come back, thankfully, which in one of my favorite story arcs in uh, the New 52 Justice League, where they find a new home or at least new versions of them on Earth 3, leading to the forever evil Justice League story arc. And that one, I feel, ties in a lot better with a lot of the stuff that we saw in our film and in the Earth 2 comic. So definitely recommend checking it out because it is an intense read that has ramifications not only in that particular volume, but also how the Justice League New 52 story ended with the Dark Side War. Nice buildup. But yeah, that's it. That's everything about the crisis on two Earths and how the Earth 2 and now taking on the name of Earth 3, Crime Syndicate of America, uh, have been brought into film, into comics, and to other versions of you know, of television as well. This is a really cool exploration. I think this is the best way to enter multiverse month by just bringing in a bunch of cool characters and ideas and putting them together. That's what we wanted to see from the beginning. And I'm glad we got it here. Yeah, I just love this film. And I love the fact that we got a chance to watch it again because, you know, I forgot how much great dialogue was in this, like little small moments because, um, you know, it's cool to see also just like evil Superman done this way, you know, much respect to the mafioso boss voice, even though it got a little tiring after a while. But Owlman was really a convincing villain. Like, you know, it, it was shocking to see kind of like his basically how his sanity actually worked in this film. And I'm glad that we got this version because, again, this is supposed to originally was supposed to be released as a movie called Justice League Worlds Collide. Same concept, same story. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it fell through because it originally was supposed to serve as the bridge between the Justice League and the Justice League Unlimited film, where all the voice actors from Justice League were going to reprise their roles, which is why we had like that version of Batman and the style that he was in. Superman was going to get his voice. The major difference because of the fact that they ended up delaying the film or at least like canceling it for a while is that instead of getting the Jon Stewart Green Lantern, we did get Hal Jordan instead. Um, and I think that's totally okay because in the comic, we actually got Kyle Rayner Green Lantern instead of the Hal Jordan um, Green Lantern. So it, it's a small change. I'm glad we got a chance to like hold this movie off, but it still even serves at that point as a good bridging gap between Justice League and Justice League Unlimited because it's really cool to see uh, these like all these heroes in this particular way as well as their evil counterparts yeah they uh look every time it's on site and I, that's what I, <laughs> that's what i love about these people <laughs> all right so that's it uh that's the end of our multiverse month across the dc verse has come to an end everybody get off the ride it's the last stop but before you go remember to take care of yourselves and always remember that. If you're going to go in for a kiss or a mind melt, ask for consent first. And if Batman asks you to vibrate at a high speed, you you just go home. Just go home. <laughs> go back to your Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, you're going to die. <laughs> Leave your Earth if it is yours. <laughs> Now that we've finished talking about our DC animated content, here are some recommended readings for you. All these comics and more can be found at your local comic shop, so remember to venture out and support your part of the source wall, and tell them Andrew and Shamar sent you. The first comic on our list is JLA Earth 2. 
This 2000 comic is the source material for our film and adds more depth to the crime syndicate after a version of them was first introduced in issue number 29 of Justice League of America from 1964. Next we have Justice League Volume 5 Forever Heroes. Collecting some of the Forever Evil story arc from 2013 to 2014, we see the return of the crime syndicate to the main continuity as it is revealed that they have a new home on Earth 3. Once again, they invade Earth 1, taking over from the True Justice League. That's all for our list. Thank you for listening and be sure to rate, review, and follow yet another DC animated podcast. Also, interact with us on social media for news on upcoming content. Take care and we'll see you for the next issue.